This podcast is made possible by your support and your donations. Thank you. And by the purchase of my book called Everyday Buddhism, Real Life Buddhist Teachings and Practices for Real Change. I will post an affiliate link to the book on Amazon in the show notes. And if you've already read it, please take a minute to rate and review and also consider purchasing it again for a friend or family member as a gift. Welcome to Everyday Buddhism, making every day better by applying the proven tools found in Buddhist concepts. Welcome to episode 70 of Everyday Buddhism, Making Every Day Better. In the past year, I've noticed a feeling of disappearing in the world and to the world. I think it's a common feeling as you grow older. You know, I heard my parents, my spouse's mother, and friends discuss the sense of their own slipping relevance in the people and the world around them. It's a byproduct of our culture, our culture of the young. And in that culture, older people disappear. Now, this isn't an aha moment I'm reflecting on. I realize that. In our current globally connected culture, the world moves at the speed of light. Moving at that speed, it is a challenge to stop and notice someone who is becoming less relevant to everything everyone else is doing and therefore is starting to poof, disappear. It even takes some reflection to notice it in your own self that you are disappearing. There are thousands of media pieces and books focused on trying to get you more visible. Much of the time, the advice in the articles and books is to get out there and participate in the movies, television shows, books, games, and social media trends popular with those decades younger than you, which then would make you more visible. And in some cases, it might make you happier and at least more engaged, but is that real? Does it feel natural? Does it bring peace? Or does it deposit another little nagging thing in the back of your mind telling you to do something? I have tried to apply a shift in perspective around this phenomena, and maybe that shift can help someone else have a change in attitude, at least occasionally anyway. I admit that I haven't shifted my attitude completely, Yeah, I still have moments and, you know, sometimes days of sadness and some depression, of feeling robbed of my life by time or by those who only seem to live in youth time. And to prematurely ward off any criticism, you know, I'm not blaming younger people who have older relatives or friends that slip into a secondary or tertiary focus for them. I did it too in my middle age. 
and I especially understand those with children. After work and kids, there isn't much energy or time left to give it to anyone else, if only in a text or a phone call, asking, how are you? In my case, I believe slipping into invisible mode might have also come prematurely at a younger age than is typically happens. You know, I'm 69 and I only started noticing it with any intensity in the last year or so. The why of my early disappearance is probably in part because of the pandemic. I have been relatively housebound since March 2020, like most people. But unlike most people, an autoimmune condition continues to keep me housebound almost consistently, even now in April 2022. That is, except for a brief getaway last June where my partner and I took a vacation riding a dip before the Delta COVID wave zoomed back up again. Another contributing factor is that my spouse and I are married without children and only a few of one side of our family are near us physically and or emotionally, and the closest on the other side are not near us physically. Despite the cause, I felt that feeling of being invisible. The feeling that a certain part of life is just over, done. Sure, other parts are stronger, and I embrace the evolution. But there are still those times where my awareness focuses on my disappearance and it brings a wave of sadness. But as I said, I am sometimes able to be completely content with my disappearing self through a change in perspective. I believe the shift was possible through a combination of a deep understanding and belief in Mahayana Buddhist teachings, my experience with meditation, and study and work with Japanese psychology. The good news, and there is good news, about seeming to disappear, is that it reveals the absolute truth of things as they are, not as we wish they would be. The truth that we are not as solid and relevant as we seem, especially to ourselves. But we constantly fool ourselves into thinking otherwise. That's the condition of ignorance in Buddhist terms. It doesn't refer to being stupid, just deluded. It's a belief in the illusion of our solidity as a self and the solidity of all other people and things. Now, my change in perceiving what seems to be my new disappearing self is a shift to an understanding of the disappearing nature I always was. So for a moment, I might glimpse the fact that, geez, I've always been disappearing at times, depending on causes and conditions. And to think of myself otherwise is a delusion. And it brings a peace and freedom that is rarely available in other ways. I titled this podcast, Disappearing, Transcending, with question marks. It's a simple twist of the head. One way, am I disappearing? The other way, am I transcending? In the Heart Sutra, run of the Prajnaparamita, meaning perfection of wisdom texts, it teaches emptiness 
or sunyata, as described here from a brief part of the sutra. Quote, The original nature of all things is this, not born, not extinguished, not defiled, not pure, no gain, no loss, therefore in emptiness. No form, no feelings, perceptions, impulses, consciousness, no eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind, no color, sound, smell, taste, touch, object of mind. Unquote. According to Reverend Gilme Kabose, the father of my teacher, Reverend Koeo Kabose, Reverend Gilme wrote a translation and commentary on the Heart Sutra. And he said in it, the essence of Buddhism is emptiness. The doctrine and emptiness is based on indirect causes and conditions arising. All things arise and subside, appear and disappear according to the direct and indirect causes and conditions. He writes, quote, water becomes steam, then water, then ice, then water again because of the conditions. All things appear and disappear. Nothing is permanent. There is no thing as such. There is nothing about which you can say, this is it. It is continuous change. This emptiness is really a very dynamic state and it is the reality of all things, the essence of our life, unquote. So you see, my disappearance has always been the natural, of or, the natural order of things. So is yours, no matter how young you are now. As quoted from above, quote, all things appear and disappear. Perfectly natural, the basis of life as it is. I am and you are always changing. And we are changing based on different causes and conditions that are happening to us. Regarding my feeling that age is what is causing my seeming disappearance, that's only part of it. In truth, I have never been a solid thing as such. But I fooled myself into thinking otherwise. In his book, The Heart Attack Sutra, Carl Brunholtz talks about how to bring this concept of emptiness into an everyday practice. He says that we can connect with it, even at a very basic level, by being just more relaxed in everything we do. And he explains how to read this sutra, this confusing sutra, so that it makes sense in your life. In reading the sutra, try to do this. Instead of saying, no eye, no ear, no nose, etc., replace it with things like no age, no loneliness, no anger, no judgment, no fear, and on and on. Make it personal. The other way to practice with this strange sutra is to realize that it doesn't say, okay, this is important, it doesn't say all appearances don't exist. It also says they don't not exist. So they don't exist and they also don't not exist. And if this rids us, and this then has to rid us of grasping to either concept, 
If they don't exist and don't not exist, then what can you grasp to? If it's not both and not neither, where do we go? There's no place for the mind to go, to grasp. And this leads us to freedom from elaborations, freedom from conceptual puzzles and stories. How do we come to understand this kind of teaching? Well, not through thinking, but through a meditative equilibrium, a sort of balance you get, you get to by not focusing on the concepts. The, quote, experience of emptiness cannot be explained. It's inexpressible, existing only in your own awareness. It's like explaining what sweet tastes like. You can't really do it. You must experience it for yourself. Experiencing it for yourself requires meditation. I briefly talked about a part of Buddhist teachings that helps, but now I'll move on to the experiences I had in meditation that reminded me of the feeling of peace and perfection I get when myself does disappear. It goes like this. I'm sitting and meditating in a chair. Oh, by the way, if you're new to meditating, don't get all hung up on the stuff. You know, the zafu, cushions, mala beads, etc. It's not there. there's anything wrong with it. It's just that, and they can be helpful. But for our purposes in this everyday context, feel free to just sit in a chair. Don't slouch. Just sit in the chair, but don't slouch. Sit upright, but relaxed. Not like you have a board in your back. Sit upright in a chair with your feet on the floor. So back to my incredible disappearing self story. So here I am, I'm meditating in a chair. My object of focus is alternately, alternately my breath, my feet on the floor, and the sounds around me. It's a little after sunrise and the sun is slowly brightening the room. Morning bird song is insistent. Punctuating the morning bird call, I begin to hear the sound of the world starting to do its thing. School buses, more cars, trucks on the interstate in the distance. I sense the world is going on without me. It's out there, starting the day, and I am beginning to disappear. The thoughts of the things I need to do today, regrets of the things I said yesterday, a subtle feeling of pain in my knee, a waft of sadness, came, then went. I have disappeared. The sound of birdsong is still there, but somehow I feel my awareness became the birdsong. The I that listened to the birdsong subtly evolved to become the birdsong. The narrating watcher and schedule maker just disappeared. Just like that. No I meaning no I, me, no I, my I, no ear, just birdsong. There is no I to be sad or depressed. I disappeared, yet I only feel bigger in my awareness. How could that be? If I've disappeared, I should feel smaller, but I, I've disappeared and I feel bigger in this broadened or expanded awareness. I'm not trapped or trying to fit into a what, when, where, and how. I'm just here, beyond the body, 
beyond the watcher, beyond the narrator, everywhere. This is what meditation is for me. I don't do it as often as I think would be nice. (laughs) I don't know why I don't, because the incredible sense of wholeness and bigness and peace is right there available to me. So if you are feeling lost and out of step with the world, meditate. Just become bigger than it all. Now the next step in helping me turn my head a bit to see myself as transcending instead of disappearing is understanding Japanese psychology. The part I'm referring to here can be summarized by the Japanese term arugamama from Morita therapy. I learned Japanese psychology by Greg Creech of the Toto Institute. Arugamama means to accept things as they are. What we are used to doing when we are uncomfortable with things as they are is to be depressed, to resign ourselves, saying, oh, well, that's just the way things are. There is a Japanese term for that, too. It's akarame. Akarame is a giving up or inactive resignation. As Creech explains, quote, In resignation, we are not trying to escape from our feeling. We are simply languishing in them, unquote. And in that languishing, we tend to tell stories about how miserable we are, either in our internal mental narration or in external complaining. As Shoma Morita, MD, writes, the more we detail our complaints, the more we focus our attention on them, the more that makes us miserable. In Arugamama, the practice is to let whatever discomfort we're feeling kill us. Now, not literally, of course, but in the sense that we have no more resistance to it. The sense of quote-unquote killing us comes from a Zen koan by Dongsheng, who posed a problem for a student which was, quote, how can we avoid cold and heat, unquote. The student answered with a question, where is there a place like that? So Dongsheng replied, quote, when it is cold, let it be so cold that it kills you. When it is hot, let it be so hot that it kills you. Now, if we are killed, There is no resistance, no effort to be otherwise. Pema Chodron puts it this way in her book, The Wisdom of No Escape. Quote, resistance is the fundamental operating mechanism of what we call ego. Resisting life causes suffering, unquote. So if a karame is a giving up or inactive resignation, then arugamama must be active acceptance. And to people today, that seems the complete opposite because acceptance is seen as inactive, a giving up. But that's not true, and that's the key to successful meditation and to the transformation of a feeling of the disappearance and the ability to transform that disappearance to transcendence. If we accept our external and internal conditions actively, it is a wise action, not inaction. 
or using the words of the Heart Heart Sutra, a wisdom that transcends. My beloved teacher, Reverend Koyo Kabose, often quoted his father saying, acceptance is transcendence, with the emphasis on is. He would say, acceptance is transcendence. And for me, that has been a major key to reducing all suffering everywhere. As my title suggests, it is also the key to actively accepting my disappearance. Transcending it let me disappear completely. Holding on to what I think I might be losing keeps me suffering and like a shimmering ghost that is unable to let go. Actively accepting the naturalness of this disappearance kills me completely and I relax into the disappearing self. That's it for this episode. So on to my usual postscript. Don't forget that you can join me and others in the private donation-supported everyday sangha that meets virtually via Zoom every other week on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. The sangha is currently studying the Diamond Sutra, which is a sister sutra to the Heart Sutra we mentioned in this podcast, also part of the Prajna Paramita texts. And please consider supporting the efforts of this podcast and related groups by becoming a community member for $5 a month. That's it, $5 a month. And if you do, you will have access to blogs, members-only podcasts, an education series, a private Facebook group, and the ability to join our new free-to-you Introduction to Buddhism class. The first cohort of that class finished the course, but look for it to start again on Thursday evening, June 2nd at 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. The class is free to members of the Everyday Buddhism community and the Everyday Sangha. If you don't follow me or Everyday Buddhism on any social media platforms we post in, you can go to the Everyday Buddhism website and join the membership community or the Everyday Sangha, go to www.everyday-buddhism.com and click on the tab that says Join Community or Sangha. I can't stress enough how thankful I am to those of you who donate and or join our groups. Since I do not seek podcast sponsors and do not ask for financial commitments through paid podcast memberships, my work and the cost of the infrastructure needed to support what I do is entirely self-funded except for your donations. Thanks, too, to all of you who write in with comments and questions. I do read everything, but I can't always respond. Another way you can help is to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It's important to share the podcast with others if you find it helpful in your life. And if you could, take a minute to comment so people will know why you love Everyday Buddhism. So if you like this podcast and aren't already aware, 
I wrote a book in the same everyday style called Everyday Buddhism, Real Life Buddhist Teachings and Practices for Real Change. Look for it on Amazon. And I said in in the earlier part of this podcast, I posted a link to it in the show notes. And if you read it, please take a few minutes to rate and review. Okay, that's all for the announcements. And until next time, keep finding ways to make yours and everyone else's days better. <laughs>